The SWP is brought to you by Jim K. Ford, Pico, and All Insurance Ontario. Trucks and minivans cost less to insure than small cars. You get a better deal on home insurance if you have good credit. The biggest insurance brokers are owned by insurance companies. I'm Josh. Make sure you choose a broker who has your best interest in mind. All Insurance Ontario is independent, family-owned, and has your back. Text me at 613-860-6008 to get on our team. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Well, it's 2021, and that means Jim K. Ford is now beginning its 40th year helping people with their automotive needs. I think that kind of longevity says a lot. You don't last in business this long without building trust and connections, treating people right, turning first-timers into repeat customers who are happy to spread the word about the great service they always get at Jim K. Ford. Hey, your next vehicle awaits at JimKFord.com. Have you heard about Pico? It's a totally fresh, innovative take on pizza. At Pico, you step up to the bar, select your favorite toppings, and then, in classic Neapolitan style, they slide your custom thin crust masterpiece into a thousand degree oven for 90 seconds. Moments later, you're enjoying those rich, delicious Pico flavors. Old world pizza made the way it's supposed to be. Pico. Order online or drop in at 236 Richmond Road or 170 Metcalf. Hey, welcome to the SWP, ladies and gentlemen. It's a brand new podcast weekend. This little thing goes off every weekday. We're former TSN partners Steve Warren and Jim Jerome. I'm in Ottawa. Jimmy's in Edmonton. And we are talking sports and whatever. James, how was the weekend, man? I'm just, uh, well, the weekend, we'll get to the weekend in a second. I'm just laughing, uh, Steve, because uh, this is probably the latest we've done this. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's after 10 o'clock here, so it's midnight for you because there's so much football. So, I don't know. I've got, I've got a, I don't know. I, I probably got five thousand dollars worth of equipment. Yep. You probably have about twenty thousand dollars worth of equipment there. Okay. And and it gets glitchy once in a while, and you'd figure, okay, well, it's twenty grand worth of shit. There's probably just a few buttons you can push. But our go-to is, okay, I'll count to three, and then you count four, five, and six after that to make sure everything's working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like you say. You, last week it was funny. You actually texted me a photo of you talking into a tin can and a string right that's no. in uh yeah that's uh that's sort of the anyway i'm laughing it's like okay let's go to our old thing okay one two three four five six there we go okay it's good to go yeah yeah, yeah. we have no um, delay we're good to go it's fantastic and we've just completed a six game nfl marathon which is why we're going off so late we're actually actually like you say it's past midnight my time so it's a brand new day but uh yeah i felt like uh you know we uh we really applied ourselves we did all the training and yeah. uh, we got through it one uh, game at a time. I'll tell you what's pissing me off, Steve. There's no Monday night football. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it almost was Monday morning football. It was almost Monday morning. It's just like so many games. You know, I lo- listen, I love the playoffs, man. I, I love playoff and all of it. I love the World Series. I love the NBA championship. I, I love it all. And hockey, of course, and, uh, and the NFL. But, but even I, f- I found myself... So I had the TV on all day yesterday because it starts at 11 in the morning here and ends at 9.30 at night. Uh, so that's 1 till 11.30 for you. Um, I, I kind of found myself about game three today, which is game six, the night game, Pittsburgh-Cleveland, going, I don't know if I want to watch this or not. <laughs> yeah. But so you again, three. you applied yourself. You yeah. you powered through. You, yeah. you were, you're grinding. It was good. It's uh, But it, it sure was a, a bizarre game. I think everybody at Pittsburgh, you know, I, I don't think they were dominant favorites, but I think most people like the Steelers. 
and Cleveland comes out and scores 28 points in the first quarter. Not many saw that coming on route to a 48 to 37 win over the Steelers in the very late game on Sunday night. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was, well, it was just stupid, right? I mean, they, they, there were so many mistakes, you know, and, and the, the, the running back for Cleveland, they just let them run amok when they did make the mistakes. Nick Chubb. You know, uh, Roethlisberger threw three interceptions for sure, maybe four. Uh, and he, Steve, how about this? He throws for over 500 yards in that, in that game. Yeah. Roethlisberger. So I think their first two possessions, they're throwing, uh, you know, first one's like a snap a mile over his head, the very first play of the game. And yeah. uh, then both Roethlisberger and uh, James Connors running back, go back instead of falling on the ball at their own one yard line, they just like completely miss it. It's like Roethlisberger yeah. said, well, you're going to get that right. You're more athletic than me. And then Connor kind of overruns it. Cleveland touchdown right out of the gate. Next possession, an interception. And it was just not going to be Pittsburgh's day, you could tell. Yeah, a little bit of bad luck there too, right? It was like deflected, you know, an interception deflected or knocked down. And then, you know, look what I found, right? Ends up in the guy's arms. But anyway, uh, yeah, football, 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 football. Uncle, uncle, yeah. uncle on the NFL. I need to I, I was thinking the broadcast of the New Orleans-Chicago game New Orleans wins that one 21 to nine. Uh, the broadcast that they had, I mean, they had standard broadcast on CBS and everything, but somehow, some way Nickelodeon was broadcasting the game. Obviously the NFL is trying to, they're trying to be cognizant of the fact that young people are going to other things and they wanted to try and grab them. And so it was, it aired on Nickelodeon and they really dressed it up. I was thinking about just like, if you don't have any attention span at all, like that's the broadcast for you because <laughs> they, they were like all these weird graphics that cartoon graphics. And like, you know, there were moments when, uh, when a touchdown is scored that they superimpose slime being sprayed all over the end zone. They had, it was like, you're watching like Snapchat with all those like hearts and, you know, rainbows and, uh, there's yeah. all, all kinds of interesting cartoon graphics everywhere to just try and appeal to the kids, which I suppose is a good thing, but I'm not sure I need SpongeBob explaining to me exactly what a fumble is, for example, and a change of possession is. Um, but it's not obviously aimed at me. I, I just, I, I saw that because uh, they flipped to it. Uh, Al Michaels and, uh, and Collingsworth flipped to this. Look at Nickelodeon was, is in the booth below them, right? They're, they're the, the three kids or whatever. And uh, so they showed a quick clip of slime being poured all over the everybody when they scored a touchdown. I don't, I don't get it at all, Steve. Like not at all do I get it. I, I might, I might understand if they said, okay, well the History Channel is going to show an NFL game, a playoff game, right? I'm like, oh, okay, I, okay, I guess yeah, they got another audience out there, you know. But, but a, a channel, Steve, that caters to five-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> to eight-year-old kids or you know i just don't I get it it's more like young teenagers kind of thing be my guess i think it goes that late in the game but uh yeah i just don't i, I again i don't know where they sit around the boardroom the marketing people of nickelodeon go, we should show some nfl games that that kids will never understand yeah so <laughs> the saints by the way uh they do advance with that 21 to 9 win over the bears and uh they're going to be hosting tampa bay next week and so, oh my God, that's a lot of experience at quarterback in that game. Two quarterbacks. I think Drew Brees is about to turn 
it was either today or soon, he was going to be turning 42. And so you've got two quarterbacks combined at the age of 85 in that game. And, uh, and, and you know what? It's crazy. Even though they're as geezerish as they are, who'd really blink an eye? Who'd be shocked, drive off the road shocked if one of those teams didn't make it to the Super Bowl? Or, or, or the, uh, the other thing is, out of all the games, I don't know how they're breaking them out next week. I got uh, it here if you want it. Um, yeah, okay. When, when they're being played. Yeah, so Saturday will be the Rams at Green Bay. Yeah. And then Baltimore at Buffalo. And then Sunday, it's Cleveland at KC and Tampa Bay at New Orleans. Yeah, so the viewer, the viewer, the the viewing, the viewing, the viewership. Okay, you got four games. The Tampa Bay Saints game is going to be through the roof, wouldn't you think? Wouldn't you think it'll just be off the charts, ratings wise? You mean? Yo, yeah, yeah people yeah. watching it. It's going to sure. be way bigger. Now the other story, though, Stevie, which I love, which I love in the NFL playoffs, and they both made it through, is this Buffalo Cleveland thing, right? The, the, these guys who haven't done shit in the last 17 years or 20 years it's 25 uh, it's, years for both of them since they last won a playoff game i believe isn't that great yeah i i think it's a great story i think it's great i love it i love it uh cleveland may be in tough right because they play kc right next week so um and and i don't know baltimore uh, baltimore didn't play that great today uh i didn't think i don't know what do you think do I know what I'm talking about or what? I didn't think it was an outstanding. I didn't think it was a dominant performance by any stretch. And honestly, it uh, was right down to the wire. Um, basically, Tennessee's down by seven late. And it was a uh, a big interception at the end by Marcus Peters. But if you look at that and you ask yourself and you'd be really objective, you'd wonder, was that not pass interference? But uh, so it was a very, very close game. And uh after that interception, by the way, there's an interesting moment. The entire defense of the Ravens goes over to midfield to start stomping around on the Titans oh, yeah. logo because that's something that the Titans had done to them uh, three, four weeks ago. But, yeah, I thought they they played okay. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson gets his first playoff win. That's great. But yeah. I didn't think it was by any stretch a dominant performance. I think that would be a very good game in Buffalo. Like, remember, remember when that guy came? When did Lamar Jackson come on? Two years ago? Or la- I, Two, last yep. year? You know, when he when people said, "Oh my God, no one's going to stop this guy, nobody," because he runs like a freaking fullback. You know how, how what a you know a Russian quarterback the guy was, but he sort of today I was like, "Wait a minute, aren't you supposed to be like really fucking good?" Excuse my language. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the Buffalo uh, Cleveland thing I love I love for next weekend, and then yeah, the, the, I'll watch I'll be watching. And Josh Allen is just a pile of fun to watch. So you have two great quarterbacks in that game, two great young quarterbacks, kind of that next wave. Um, Josh Allen is really, he's starting to remind me of Brett Favre. Just kind of that just out there, just slinging it, running around, making plays, and just have a real joy for the game. That's the best name I can come up with to compare him. I mean, Josh Allen's a load, though. He's much bigger than Brett Favre, I believe. Right. So he's a lot of fun to watch in that game. And uh, obviously, Stefan Diggs and his arrival from Minnesota last year has meant everything to Josh Allen. It's just given him that really key superstar receiver. So that's been huge for sure. And, uh, you know, there was a moment in the game, though, that was a bit of an eyebrow raise. You know, you have instant replay. We've talked about it before. I know you're a fan of instant replay. Um, I can take or leave it. I understand that. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it mitigate. It, you get more calls right. I do. I understand that. But there was a moment in that game where they they must have they must have like had a ten minute look at whether this fumble at the end of the game as Indy was charging downfield, uh, try to try to tie the game. It looked like a clear fumble to me. Guy falls to the ground, gets up, and then fumbles. And uh, they decided to uh, to rule it at no fumble. And it didn't was no harm, no foul. But I mean, you wasted 10 minutes and I watched it again and again and said, yep, that's for sure a fumble game over. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, not so much. So sometimes I know that replays help you get more calls correct, but I find it a big frustration and I could certainly take it or leave it. Yeah, I, li- I like it. I like it, particularly in, in big games, particularly in big games. Um, yeah. Anyway. So Buffalo wins 27-24. That was the first game on Saturday. Then you had the Rams over Seattle, uh, 30-20. to And, uh, boy, it didn't look real good for the Rams because their, their quarterback, Jared Goff, like broke his thumb two weeks ago. And he was dressing, but only a kind of an emergency basis. John Wolford, well, the backup, was your starter. And so, you know, Goff had surgery on his thumb two weeks ago. He's done. He's no way. Right. And w- Wolford very early gets – like he had to be taken to the, I think he left on an ambulance and uh, real ugly looking little neck injury there. And then uh, Goff has to come into the game with this surgically reconstructed thumb and helps get the job done. And uh, on the other side of the ball, Russell Wilson, my God, that guy was the MVP of the first half of the season. I don't know what's happened to him. Yeah. I, just have, I have no idea today. He looked ordinary once again, threw a terrible pick six, like just awful little screen pass. And uh, yeah, they just ran it back the other way for a touchdown. Russell Wilson. I don't know what happened somewhere on midseason. He was yeah. literally everybody's MVP at midseason. I had him in the fantasy league, so I know he was piling up the points. It was unbelievable. And then just a joke in the second half by comparison. Yeah, him and Cam Newton. I got a, I got a little thing about them, the two of them. Well, yeah, not so good. Yeah, yeah, not as good it. as they should be. Yeah, New England <laughs> thought they were <laughs> replacing Tom Brady with Cam Newton. That was uh, that was a miscalculation in a large yeah. way for sure. But yeah. uh, Tom Brady, uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks win over Washington, thirty-one to twenty-three. A guy named Taylor Heineke, I'd never heard of to be honest before today. He comes out. He was one of the most entertaining football players of the weekend. So Alex Smith, their starter, had a, a calf strain, so he couldn't play. And Heineke comes in. I'm like, I oh, was going to be like one of the Dallas quarterbacks who can barely walk, let alone play quarterback. Right. Uh, Heineke came out and he was entertaining as hell. It was like just scrambling all over the field and uh, just really, really fun to watch. And he became the fifth player to have over 300 yards passing in his first playoff start, which is pretty amazing. When again, as the day began, I had no idea who this guy was. So, and Tom Brady's facial cream regimen is phenomenal. Like that guy's oh. get his face is getting, <laughs> it's getting less wrinkly as he gets older. It's really uncanny. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, what's up with that? You know, it's it's a human growth hormone, Steve. HGH. It's about it's about like eight thousand bucks a shot. So I don't know. It's like an extraordinary amount of money to get it, but but yeah. people are taking it. Well, yeah, I mean, I know they're taking it in Hollywood because they're not being tested. They do have. They still have uh, PEDs, uh, and I think human gro- growth hormone would be right near the top of the list of things that would get you banned from football. Okay. Or suspended right. for four games. I'm sorry. I don't think they have a very strict policy on it. It just looks like he is. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Little prick. <laughs> looks about 25 still. You're right. Little bastard. Yeah. All right. Let's take our first time out of the program. When we come back on the show, 
We'll talk about TV binging and Tim Stutzla. Trucks and minivans cost less to insure than small cars. You get a better deal on home insurance if you have good credit. The biggest insurance brokers are owned by insurance companies. I'm Josh. Make sure you choose a broker who has your best interest in mind. All Insurance Ontario is independent, family-owned, and has your back. Text me at 613-860-6008 to get on our team. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. The Jim K. Ford Lincoln app saves you both time and money. Stay up to date on their inventory specials and sales events. Book your service or maintenance appointments. Get roadside service. Even earn money for every referral that leads to a sale. It's seriously cool and just another reason why I'm a Jim K. Ford customer. Download their app today on Apple or Google or check out jimkford.com. Do you love pizza? Then you need to check out Pico. It's made so fast right in front of you with only the best, freshest ingredients. Create your own Pico masterpiece or choose from one of their incredible chef-inspired variations. Pico, a totally fresh, delicious, innovative take on pizza. Order online or drop in to Pico today at 236 Richmond Road or 170 Metcalf. If you're thinking of buying or selling a home in the Ottawa area, call the Glen Walton Real Estate Team. I know Glenn, he's a great guy. He helped us sell our home back in the fall. We got multiple offers at top dollar. Glenn's a total pro who's seen every curveball that real estate can throw at you, and he crushes it, helping you close the deal and getting you the best price. Call Glenn right now, 613-799-6308. The Glenn Walton Real Estate Team at glennwalton.com. One of the things I did do to take a little break from football was, uh, and, and I, I can't, I know you got, you're never on the same page as I am as far as TV shows go, but I think you are here because you had told me that you had seen the entire series. I finally watched the first season of a show that's been uh, several years old now, I think, called Broadchurch. And it Great is, show. It was oh. like, the first season I watched that, and I just finished it off, and I'm like, that, I can't recommend that one enough. It's just so, so good. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, we're on the same page there. Yeah, I've, I watched that when it, well, well, I don't know, I watched it a couple years ago. And that's what got me, that's not the one that got me hooked on the British crime dramas that would fall in there. Um, Shetland. Shetland is the first one I watched uh, right. of, of, of that genre. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I fell in love with it. And then there's Broadchurch. There's Marcella is really good. Hinterland, Stevie, another good one. Nice. Uh, yeah, so. Breaking these down. And yeah, really he's such like- a great he's such a great actor such a great actor yeah and the guy from Broadchurch, you mean yeah he's yeah, fantastic his name's his, his name's david tennant and and he's he was in a show called des as well that's his more recent one where he plays a a very uh interesting serial killer who's like- i'm trying to find it steve sorry to interrupt you gave yeah. me that one i can't find it i got crave prime and netflix i can't find the freaking thing hmm. anyway I'll track it down for you. But he plays, he, what he is, he's, a, he's an agreeable serial killer who gets caught and he cooperates, at least initially. It's quite interesting. He's a, Oh, really? Good, he, okay. plays one, he plays another one as well that was on Amazon Prime where he plays uh, a dark angel. Um, and the character who plays the good angel in this show, which I can't remember the name of, that same guy is also in, in Des as well. But uh, anyway, put that away and put uh, Broadchurch to the top of your... Right, and Sneaky Pete is another one that I can highly. Recommend. I'm gonna watch that as soon as we as soon as we hang up here. I'm gonna watch that. Um, there, there's also a series of shows. They're they're like 45 minute shows. I, I 
and I think they're called criminal is the main word. Uh, and, and then they're in each different country. So there's like criminal Spain, criminal France, criminal UK, I think is the name of it. And that, that tenant guy is, is one of the, in one of those shows, criminal UK. Okay. Yeah. It's a, it's a, those shows are all they are, are interrogations of, of suspects. So that's, uh, that's, that's all they are. It's a 45 minute interrogation of these suspects that they try and they try and break down. Great show. Great series. Great cool. series as well. All right. Let's uh, change gears here. And uh, God, get- we like that more than the NFL, Steve. <laughs> a yeah, little more verve. I don't know. If, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I like it more, but I certainly, uh, I do like a bit of Netflix action and, and such. Quick email here from one of our good members, Volvo driving soccer mom. And she's going to steer us into some conversation about hockey with a Gretzky question for you, Jim. All right. Hey, Steve, hope you had a nice family Christmas. I'm sure your dad was top of mind, uh, but I'm sure he was with you in spirit. Indeed, he was. I was wondering if Jimmy would be able to provide a little bit of insight from maybe some stories he's heard through Wayne Gretzky about the challenges of moving from hockey player to hockey coach to hockey administrator. I'd love to understand the differences in how one has to change their thinking from one role to the other. And maybe is there anything Gretzky wished he had known as a player that he only learned after becoming a coach or an administrator or an owner and vice versa. So that is from Volvo driving soccer mom. Thank you, Volvo driving soccer mom. Yeah, I would, I gotta be honest, Steve. I, I would have no idea. Uh, I'm, I'm flattered that you think I would, I would know the answer to that. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I know he tried, you know, he tried his hand at everything. Right. Uh, yep. And, and this just in, he was, you know, he was a better hockey player, uh, than, than all of it. And I don't mean to say it was bad, but, um, well, let's not uh, rule out Salt Lake city, right. He was a pretty su- successful executive though. Right. I think that a lot of us could put together if we can just choose any Canadian hockey player we want, we could all probably do okay in that regard but it's, yeah i think the coach I think, there. yes he did in in the management side that's right i i think the coaching was a was um i mean i've never i've never spoken to him about it he took on a big role there and a, and a tough one right because he we coached phoenix which was doing nothing right was doing nothing and um so i think it was a hard road to hoe uh, or a tough road to hoe um but but I couldn't really speak to it to be honest with you. I can't. Um, I don't know. I've, ironically, I've, I don't talk too much hockey with Wayne, to be honest with you. Uh, so I don't get. I don't because I don't know enough about it. And he always laughs at me when I try. <laughs> when I try, he goes. He goes like this. He goes, "Oh, shut up! You don't know anything about it." Yeah. What do you so, know? Yeah. Uh, but I think I think he tackled all the experiences with a with a bunch of verve. You know that he, when he went into them, he was fired up. You know, um, I remember going to a few practices in Phoenix uh, when I was down there visiting him and, and playing golf and hanging out. And when the team was around and uh, I'd go to the practice and sit in the bench with them uh, when, you know, at, at sometimes before the practice, sometimes during he'd be over the boards and I'd be sitting on the bench and I know he'd be really fired up about certain kids on the team, you know, and he'd turn and go, watch this kid, Jimmy, watch this kid. He's going to be good. He's going to be good. So, so he had all that passion for it for sure. For sure. And uh, I, I just don't think, I, I don't know if it was a great experience for him. He would probably say different, but uh, I, I don't know the answer if the mindset. I would think the biggest challenge, just guessing, would just be the fact that uh, the guy loved to play, right? And uh, I know he 
clearly he he loves uh, loves the game in every facet of it, but it just would be such a such a drastic change to go from actually playing the game to what must feel pretty mundane. The, the excitement level just you can never capture being out there on the ice and and weaving the magic that he did. Uh, by comparison, it must be kind of dull. I know the compete you do get some compete there. There's no question, but uh, yeah. it can't be the same. And, and then there's also the angle of it's difficult to teach as well. People expect you to be able to teach what you were able to do out there. Most of what made Wayne Gretzky great was not a teachable thing. Right. It's, it's like, um, and, and probably frustrating, as you said, you know, that forum. I mean, it's like, it's like being able to sing really well, Steve. Right. And, and, and then telling someone, okay, sing, sing this, song right here right and you can't sing it and they go just fucking sing it you know yeah. just just sing it right and he, well i can't what do you mean you can't you know and i think <laughs> i think some of that drifted into his coaching a little bit like just do it there's a I, I wish i had a recording the night i was sitting around with kirk muller um who was a great player right and he's a fantastic coach uh right he's he's i don't know where he, if he's back in montreal as an assistant or not but he, he was yeah. there under jacques uh, Jacques Martin, right? He was the assistant and he called, I, I know talking to him, he called a lot of the plays, a lot of the plays. Doing Still that. does for Claude Julien. There you go. And, and, and people love me. He had a head job in for Carolina, I think for a little yep. while that didn't work out, but I was with him. When, I know Kurt well, and uh, we're buddies. And I was with him talking one night cause he coached Queens hockey team, uh, the university. Yep. I think he was a coach there and Wayne was sitting around and Muller was there and I was there. I think Brett Hall, a few other guys at some event. And it was a pure hilarity to hear Muller go off on how stupid he said the kids were on his team. <laughs> right? He was just like, he's going, he's going, Gretz, I'm telling you, okay. All I want them to do is a two, one, two, I guess it's some formation. Okay. Whatever. Okay. It's a four check. <laughs> for, yeah. For two, one, two. Okay, two, one, two. He goes, I got kids on my team who are engineers and they can't figure out two, one, two. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was absolutely priceless. He goes, I swear to God, I swear to God, they, they got no brains. They got no sense. He was just exploding, you know, and they were, everyone was laughing their head off, you know, and uh, so I'm sure, it's, I'm sure it's tough for anyone, uh, including Wayne. You know, you know he's probably players. not laughing their head off is the... Uh... The Queens hockey players of the day who played for Kirk Muller. <laughs> now the it's like an hour and a half down the road here. It might be a few of them listening potentially. <laughs> uh, by the way, did you see a guy sent me the the newspaper article, Steve, when we did the show during the gold medal game in Salt Lake? Oh yeah, I saw something like that was a few days ago. You sent that or something? Yeah, when you and out. I and, and Jr. were doing the show, and uh, that Rick guy, Rick Raymond guy, who's a, a big fan of your show, uh, and the big Suspendables. Rick. Yeah, and he sent that along, and I got it. Was, so it's 18 years old. Anyway, I I, I thought he right away, of course, right? Uh, nice, nice article. I think it was, might have been the citizen, either citizen or the son who wrote wrote a piece because Wayne phoned us six seconds after they won. Yeah. Anyway, read. I I, put, I think I threw it on my Twitter. You yeah. can throw it up on yours and and read it. It's a good story. It's cool. Yeah, we'll do. Uh, and we'll do that. Uh, we'll throw it on our Facebook page as well. We are on Facebook. Uh, we are on, uh, well, we're not really on Twitter per se, but you can check out our Twitter page at TSN Steve. We're on Facebook? Or, or at Jungle Jerome. Yeah, we have our own Facebook page, the Steve oh, Warren Project. That. Yeah, just go to oh, Steve Warren Project. 
So if you ever have any, if you want to fire some talking on there anytime, you're welcome to. <laughs> See, right. it's catchy, huh? It's catchy. Yeah, I don't mind it. I don't. I, I think any video is good. Uh, they they often say that it's like, and, and the, it's funny because you know you put all this, you pour all this work into the podcast, and they say, well, you got to do all this video stuff, and that that you know, and that absolutely feeds listenership to the podcast. It steers people. It grabs people's attention on social media. This video, and then they check out the podcast after that. And I'm like, well, why don't we just do the video then? <laughs> it's just, yeah. If people want right. video, then we'll just bury the podcast and do a like a video podcast or a well, vlog it's that same. It's that same speech uh, that was that, that they were hammering me about the guys who worked the social media thing for the suspendables. And I'm like, what do you mean do it? What, what do a video every day? And so then I just started because I walk every night now, Stevie, right? I walk and I thought, okay, I'll just bang this thing off while I'm walking. Okay. Good time in the winter, Steve, at 15 below yeah. <laughs> to be doing. <laughs> He's all frozen and everything. Anyway, getting pumped for the NHL season, James, here in Ottawa. It was the beginning of the Tim Stutzla era. Might be a little early in the game to, to title it the Tim Stutzla era, I suppose. <laughs> but still, it's pretty exciting. Uh, he hit the ice for the first time. He, he was a star at the World Juniors, named the tournament's best forward. He ended up with 10 points in five games for Team Germany. They end up losing in the quarterfinals. And then he jets to Ottawa immediately from Edmonton and goes into a seven-day quarantine. So we're all kind of looking at our watch, tapping our fin- tapping our toes. And then mm-hmm. finally today, um, he finally jumps on the ice for the first time and uh, talked about how welcome he feels. He's going to be uh, living with uh, Brady Kachuk and Josh Norris, which is kind of interesting because if I'm to pick the three prospects or young players – that I'm most excited about on the Ottawa Senators, it would probably be those three guys right now, with all due respect to Thomas Shabbat. Uh, So that's kind of interesting. They're all going to be shacking up together, and that also kind of indicates that Josh Norris is probably going to be here all year long. So it's a real turning of the page here in Ottawa, kind of what Edmonton has undergone in recent seasons. You know, you have some budding superstars rolling in, and uh, it's it's kind of a nice feel. When people saw Tim Stutzla hit the ice today, they said to themselves, this is like a new chapter, not just for this kid, but it feels like a new chapter for the franchise with so many great young prospects on the way. Yeah. I, um, can you hear me, Steve? I can. Yeah. Um, you know, as much as I may, I, I, like, I'm usually, I'm usually a little down on, uh, you know, like, 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 like as in down in the mouth a little bit when teams, start to really promote and pump up guys who haven't played yet in the, in the show, you know, that they, um, but, but that, you know, that, I think that day is gone now. Right. I think the day is that that's what you're going to do. You know, you got, you're signing young guys that you're, you're starting them in the, uh, in the NHL way younger than they used to be. Um, but I really think, you know, when I, I watch some of that world junior uh, and whenever I hear, you know, well, this is going to be a great year because we got this guy that I'm always like, yeah, take it easy now. Easy now, fellas. But I got, I got to admit, Steve, I think, I think this thing with Ottawa and this kid with Ottawa, I heard him in a couple of interviews during the, uh, during the world juniors. And, and then of course the, you know, how, how good he is. Right. Uh, and then named the best player. Um, and particularly when he came back from the 17,000 to nothing game, you know, um, but I really, I'm, I'm really interested in this. I think it's a I think it's a fantastic thing for the sense. Yeah, I, really I agree. Do. I don't know why. I've I've been I, you know every year right. There's someone, Austin Matthews. Remember when the guy came and he got four points? 
Remember in the first first game when he played? Yeah, you don't have to remind Sens fans of that. It wasn't four points. It was four goals. But by the way, Toronto lost the game somehow. Oh, it was against Ottawa? Yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> right here in Ottawa. Yeah. I, I didn't know that. But everyone was screaming, right? It was like, okay, this is, this. you know. Now he's a great player and all that. But but uh, we know how Toronto's done playoff-wise, you know, since yep. he's been there. But anyway, th- this thing could be really good. This thing could be really good, you know. I think, and the reason I think it is, Steve, is because they're prepping kids a lot, you know, they're, they're preparing them a lot more now to play in the NHL at a, at a really young age. Um, and I think it has a lot to do with fitness, a lot to do with sports psychology, a lot to do with mentoring, uh, a, a lot to do with, um, you know, uh, when I say mentoring, I mean all, all kinds of it, you know, from other players. And I, I think they're paying a lot more attention to it. Um, Cause I know one of the, one of the issues with Connor McDavid uh, who's, who's, you know, arguably the best player in the game was he wasn't very good in the dressing room, not uh, with, with uh, everyone outside of the players. So it was like, he didn't, some of the, he didn't know the, some of the trainers names for a while. And he, he was so painfully shy. Right. Uh, so they had to sort of not only straighten him out, but help him, you know, but help, help him with it. Because a lot of these kids know nothing else, Steve, but hockey. Yeah. Right. And they, so they don't have social skills and they don't, you know, they don't have, you know, uh, they don't have a, a, a balance here to figure out what, what am I supposed to do now? Right. They've, they've never, you know, if you look at video of Connor McDavid, I mean, he was, you know, out of diapers shooting pucks against the garage door for 11 hours a day or something. Right. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. I I'm blabbing on here, but I, I'm really excited for Ottawa for that kid coming. I think, it, I think it could be, I think he's really got his head on his shoulders and he's really fucking good. Yeah. Well, dialing it back to your first uh, thought in there um, about pressures and expectations and the team putting too much on him too early. Uh, I, I don't really feel like it's the team. It's just the, it's just a, a starved fan base. Three tough years in a row. Every year, the last three years, they've been either dead last overall in the NHL or second last overall in the NHL. And so everybody's clamoring for something and uh, to get this particular player, as exciting as he was at the world juniors, I think it's not so much driven by the team, but more social media podcasts. There's one podcast um, that, that that's trying to really push and they do a good job and everything. That's a good podcast, but I, I, I have to object to their, the nickname they're really pushing for and others are glomming onto it of Timmy superstar. I'm like oh, brutal. Like, I'm just like, okay, a, Talk about heaping expectation of the world on the guy. And not right. only that, you sound like a bit of an a-hole. You sound like a diva, if that's your nickname. Hey, it's right. Timmy Superstar. Okay, that immediately sounds sarcastic. Yeah, that's a that makes that a bad podcast, whatever it is. <laughs> it's not. It's not. No, no I'm kidding. I, I'm kidding. Um, anyway, I, I, I for some reason... Like, like I've been watching hockey my whole life, you know, I've been around it as long as you have. And, and every year there's something like that, right? That, that, okay. Watch out for this. Watch out for this. Watch Eichel was, was going to be the next coming. Remember the, when that guy signed uh, other, other guy, who's the, who's kid in Vancouver? Uh, Brock Besser. Besser, uh, right. Horvat. Right. So you got, you got, you got all those stories, right. And, and I'm, I've always sort of taken a little bit of a, we stand back a little bit and go, well, let's, why don't we wait and see? Right. Because. I think it's unfair to put that pressure, but, but I think that's changed now. I think it's changed. I think kids chew on that, man. I think they eat it up right now. So, and even Steve, if it's not, if it, if it doesn't happen this year for the sins, 
This guy's going to be a franchise guy uh, like Connor McDavid. It hasn't, it hasn't happened for the Oilers. And, you know, he's been around, it's probably four or five years now, Connor McDavid. Um, um, but it's going to happen. You know, they're going to contend. They're going to vie, man, for a championship or they're going to take a run at it. So is Toronto, Stevie. Uh, and, and, and maybe Ottawa will now too, right? Because they'll, you wouldn't want to tell the kid this, but they'll build the team around him, Stevie. Yeah. Oh think. yeah, for sure. There's so much potential like this. There's half a dozen guys right now that outside of Ottawa, they're not really household names. They're here, they're household names here now as kids, but um, there's half a dozen guys in this organization who have real potential to be not just really good, but among the stars of the game. Okay. As our final thought today, we can talk a little bit about well, the NHL season fires up on Wednesday, which is cool, but uh, COVID is firing up once again as well. No. Yeah. Well, you're, you know, they have a curfew happening in the province of Quebec now. You literally can't be out now, out of your house, between 8 p.m. and 5 a.m. I saw that. Yeah, I saw yeah, that. So that's where we're at right now. And, of course, there's pretty sizable lockdowns where you are in Alberta and where I am in Ontario. Anyway, uh, COVID is still lingering. The NHL's game plan to return to play. The Vancouver Canucks canceled practices and workouts today out of uh, what they call an abundance of caution due to potential exposure of COVID. Mm -hmm. I guess they're going to try and get back at it tomorrow. You've already got Pittsburgh that canceled practice on Saturday after potential exposure to COVID. The NHL was forced to delay the actual start of the Dallas Stars season in light of six players and two staff members testing positive for coronavirus. Oh, no. And Columbus announced Friday that multiple players would miss some days of practice uh, due to NHL COVID protocols. So it doesn't sound like it's necessarily seeping into the actual rooms. It's just they're trying to be, you know, it's trying to be a precaution. But in the Dallas case, they're actually delaying the start of their season with six players testing positive. So that's uh, that's not it. good. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. Not good. Maybe pump out the, uh, you know, if you're a big sports fan, like you are, Steve, like I am, I don't know if this will get me in trouble my final thought okay don't worry about the senior citizens or the frontline workers okay give the hockey players the vaccine nope. yeah yeah I, I hear what you're saying though yeah <laughs> you probably went for a yeah, maybe maybe no no you can't do that stevie no you can't do that anyway what are you doing Good evening, ladies and gentlemen Welcome to the Montreal Forum. I'm Danny Gallivan. Okay. We still have two nights left before we get to the. But that's good, though. I'm getting. I'm glad you're into it. I'm glad you're fired up and pumped. I'm fired up. You're good. you're my you're you're uh, you're my generation. Uh, don't you remember watching you you, you know you lo love your dad? God bless him. And watching all the CFL and all the NHL. Danny mm -hmm. Gallivan, Dick Irvin. Sure. I'm old enough to remember those guys. Huh? I used to watch the credits to Hockey Night in Canada, and they get you get the sort of the uh, this, kind of the the B side of the Hockey Night in Canada theme. Oh, I remember that. Kind of the dance You're mix. A You're a loser. You're just <laughs> yeah. a loser. You're a loser. Shut up. Get out of here. I'm going. <laughs> see you later. Good night, everybody. We'll see you. <laughs>